A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast. Happy Pride to everybody. My name is Gabrielle Hako, and I am here with my uh, always co-host, Sadie Carpenter. Sadie, do you want to introduce our frequent and uh, 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 treasured guest? Absolutely. We are so pleased to once again bring you the Leaving Eden Drag Brunch with our uh, additional BFF, wonderful person, and beautiful icon, Dinah Housefire. Wow, thank you. That is like an intro that I swear I will not live up to, but like, I feel very warm and fuzzy. You know, I don't write intros for you anymore. Like I wrote an intro for Liz Hunter, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, and I was really proud of the intro that I wrote for her. I don't write intros for you anymore. I just do word association. <laughs> and just just I just close my eyes and just see what comes out. Sadie, if you hadn't written an intro for Liz Hunter, you would have just like been unable to speak and just fangirled the whole time anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's extremely true. 
I know how excited you were to interview her. So you're right, Gavi. I think she would have just like, oh my God, I love you so much. And you're perfect. And I love you. And I love you. Wait, who is this person? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell is that? No, that's very accurate. You should have seen our um, social media conversations when I found out that she knew who I was. And I was like, and I reached out to see if she'd be on the show and... Yeah, it was it was a fangirl spectacular up in there. <laughs> anyway, we are here today on the Leaving Eden Drag Brunch, the one time when the gays, the straights, and the buys all come together to I don't know what we're doing. We're we're empowering people, we're snarking on fundies. We're we're just having a grand old time on this evening or on this day. I guess it's like noon. I don't know why I said evening. <laughs> because we're all drinking. It's, well, yeah. it's brunch, so like, you know, it's it's late morning, early afternoon, whatever. It's five o'clock somewhere. Brunch is a state of mind, not a time of day. I, yes, that's <laughs> absolutely true. I've been trying to like bring my my boyfriend to the concept of brunch, and he's like, "I don't get it. I don't get it." And I'm like, oh my goodness. and like now that I've dragged him to brunch a few times, he's like, "Oh, okay." So it's just it's like where where white people go to drink during the morning, and I was like, <laughs> oh, kind of. <laughs> He's getting it. He's he's getting the idea. Yeah, no, he loves it. He's just like I. I don't understand why this exists in the world. And we say that white people have no culture. That is a lie. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna circle back to the drag brunches that you've been doing, Dinah, in a minute. Uh, but sure. first, I want to know what is everybody drinking for this celebratory podcast episode. I am drinking uh, tequila and soda, tequila and 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 seltzer water. That's what I'm drinking. Is it a flavored seltzer water? It's a grapefruit flavored yes. seltzer water with okay. tequila. I was hoping he would say grapefruit. I okay. do it's not a- know why I was so invested in this. <laughs> grapefruit is the best flavor of seltzer water, bar none. There is no flavor that is superior to grapefruit. But this grapefruit seltzer tequila is it's good. It I can get drunk and still feel like I'm hydrated. So that's beneficial. Yeah. And it it no sugar, so no like no real hangover big issues unless you just really go hard, right? I mean, there's about three ounces in here of, of tequila, so I'm oh I'm doing so you're gonna get yeah toasty. That's good. <laughs> what are you drinking today, Sadie? Oh, uh, I am drinking gin and tonic in a Leaving Eden podcast mug, which was definitely a, a deliberate choice, and not just because all the other glasses are in the dishwasher and. <laughs> And I, I'm drinking the gin that I got after the Josh Duggar trial from Gobby. Oh, full circle. Because is do you like it better than the other gin that I got you uh, that other time? I don't know. I've just started it, but I'll let you know. Okay, please do, because I'm curious. The one you got me the last time was excellent. Yeah, the, I tried to get that one again because that's my favorite. It's Roku gin. It's Japanese, but they didn't have it at the liquor store. Um yeah, it's highly recommend. Highly recommend Roku Gin. It comes in a hexagonal bottle. Uh, it's it's incredible. It tastes almost like it has lime in it already, but it doesn't. So you, if you do a gin and tonic, you don't even need to add like lime or anything into it. I ju- I would just like drink it straight with a with a big rock, is what I would do. So Roku, not like the TV thing, but like R O U K U. R O K spelled like the TV thing. Oh, how weird. I think it means six in Japanese. So I think they make it with uh, six specific botanicals. And so it comes in a hexagonal bottle. 
I don't. It was yeah, really good. That is my endorsement of my favorite gin is Roku Gin. It's not horribly expensive either. It's only like thirty dollars a bottle. Oh, that's not bad. You can spend a lot of money on gin if you want to, but that it's it's high quality. It's really good stuff. So, right. what are you drinking today, Dinah? Uh, today I am drinking my version of a cosmopolitan um, because I thought that that was maybe the gayest thing that I could drink because um, <laughs> it's fruity and it is citrusy sharp and full of vodka and um, it just makes me think about Sarah Jessica Parker and Manolo Blahniks. So feels I right. think that sounds like an, an extremely appropriate choice. Uh, interesting that you didn't choose to revamp the Mountain Moo cocktail for this occasion. You know, actually, I I did not um, <laughs> because woof. But um, I did use some of the same um, like uh, sour citrus vodka. Like I did like half that and half regular vodka. So. Oh, okay. So the, the, the spirit of the Mountain Moo cocktail. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the, the mm-hmm. spiritual legacy lives on. Also, the legacy lives on. legacy lives on. Also, though, that stuff is like blue. And then I added like lemon juice and um, whatever else goes in, uh, cranberry juice and whatever. And it turned it, I thought it would be like this beautiful, like bright purple, like real, like Teletubby purple. And instead, it's sort of a grayish color that is not Ooh. at all worthy so I'm not going to send a picture of this one like the Mountain Moo. Oh well, I, I suppose we'll be we'll be all right. Um, <laughs> I redid my rainbow makeup that I did the other day. Hell yeah! For this occasion. Wow, that's cool. That's a lot of work too, dude. Yeah, I'm trying to get into to bright colored makeup. I think that's my next um, character arc. <laughs> I could see it. Your hair looks good when it's bright colors. Why wouldn't your makeup look good when it's bright colors? Yeah, I did. I did bright makeup on TikTok a while back, and a lot of people complimented it. And I thought, well, maybe I should just lean into this. I love that. I feel like that's very in style right now, too. Yeah, I think it's something to do with Euphoria, which I have not seen. the 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 advertisements that I see on Instagram lead me to believe that the bright makeup thing and euphoria have something to do with each other. I could definitely see that being part of the, the wave. Um, I have not watched euphoria either um, because I was, first of all, because I teach high school. And so all of my kids are ranting and raving about it. And I'm just like, mm, pass. But also because my roommate was watching it and I was like in the next room, but I could see the TV and I would glance up every once in a while. And I did at one point and I looked up and it was just like, a person scrolling through their phone and it was a grid of pics. And I was just like, Oh my. And so I told my kids that uh, at school, I was like, listen, I know that you love this show. I've seen enough of it to know that I don't want to see the same that you're seeing. (laughs) And they were like, you know what? That's valid. (laughs) Ah, That's amazing. And they were, they, they dropped it immediately. I was like, I don't, I'm not going to explain any more than that, but I don't think you see that and know that you have seen that. See, the, the other thing that I'm thinking about is that like, it, it, my issue with that show is that these characters are all supposed to be in high school, but then they have sex scenes with these characters who are in high school. And I'm just like, this is weird. I shouldn't be watching this. And one of the characters is like basically an OnlyFans megastar or something. And I'm like, y'all know that that's like child pornography, right? Like... Oh no! In the show, the the character is eighteen years old. So like, oh yeah, okay, so, okay, like 
I mean, that's the it's still f- weird. Oh yeah, it's still ridiculous, like, and I don't want any part of it. No. And then yeah, the kids, no, my kids at school, are all like, uh, "This high, like the euphoria is so realistic. It's just like <laughs> high school life." And I'm like, "It f-ing is not. Like you no. have no idea how much it is not. There are no random <laughs> like." pixie dust musical drug haze scenes happening in your high school experience question in the euphoria high school is there a kid who naruto runs to all of his classes (laughs) i doubt it but like then it is not like actual high school because high school like it's such a it's such a weird like when you're 14 there are some kids that are like six foot feet tall are just like muscular and like playing on the football team and and there's kids that look like they're 10 mm-hmm. and just like are, are still in the like playing with trucks and Legos and stuff like, yeah, the, who, are, who are like gangly and skinny and stuff. And there's kids in there with like face tattoos. Nah, like what? <laughs> so what is- I, I have one of those very like sweet, innocent 15 year olds in my extended family and we're we're real good buddies and i asked her um well have you seen euphoria and she looks back at me and she goes sadie is that appropriate for me (laughs) (laughs) and i looked this very 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 sweet 15 year old in the face and i said you know what no i don't think it is (laughs) and she said okay i won't watch it (laughs) i have some real i have some really good teens and like my extended family and i'm really happy i get to be buds with them (laughs) That's great. I before we get into the the rest of our episodes, I need to do the before we get into that because we've already been rolling. I need to thank the the patrons and, oh. and talk about this stuff. Right, we're we are actually recording a podcast episode here, not just having you. a good time. It's fine. We're you know what? It's the drag brunch. Our listeners expect it and they demand it. So, um, in fact, they do demand it. This is just uh, the obligatory before we get into that that I have to do. Uh, So uh, because what we have planned today, we are reading uh, the pride stories that our listeners sent to us. We have some other stuff that we want to talk about, too. It's going to be a good time. I'm really excited. But before we get into that, the Leaving Eden podcast is the podcast about my BFF and co-host, Sadie Carpenter's life in an escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult, the cult in which she was raised. We talk about this cult. We talk about other cults. We talk about religion. We talk about fundamentalism in general. We talk about the real and present threat for cults and cult ideologies post society as a whole and is our goal to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. So if you like our show, if you're a fan of our show, you can join our patreon which is patreon.com slash leaving eden podcast you can join our facebook group which is facebook.com slash group slash eden exodus you can join our subreddit which is reddit.com slash r slash eden exodus you can buy our merch um uh all of our uh, the profits from our pride merch go to support point of pride which is an excellent organization that uh supports um that, that does many things, uh, provides grants, but many things, including uh, fundraising for HRT and uh, gender confirmation surgeries in uh, trans and non-binary people. We also have other merch, including Club Egypt merch uh, and anything else before I thank our Faith Promise Missions to your patrons. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, like that was the, the potential side effects for like a drug that treats fibromyalgia. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Um, do not drink alcohol in excess uh, with Cialis. So, uh, (laughs) um, I don't think Cialis treats fibromyalgia, Gavi. Treats something else entirely. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just thinking of the first thing that popped into my head when the side effects popped up. Uh, if you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours, call more ladies. I love <laughs> Or gentlemen in this Pride Month. Oh, I learned why that like is problematic and what they do to treat that. And I never want that to happen to me ever. Yeah, yeah. when you learn what they do to fix it, it becomes a lot less funny. <laughs> Oy vey. Oy vey. Anyway, our Faith Promise Missions uh, tier patrons, thank you so much. You guys are the most amazing people in all of human history. Uh, and I feel like uh, I am not at all exaggerating when i say that but our faith promise missions tier patrons are alex todd Brittany, brooke tolly carrie r crystal patterson eleanor donahue the og emery fairlosser god emery has been fpm tier since the beginning emery is um much love emery is our ride or die yeah emery and i like hang out on twitter sometimes Oh, right. Every time the two of you interact on Twitter, I'm like, oh, it's two of my favorite people. Emery is the homie for show me. Um, uh, Hannah, Hannah, you are a great FPM tier patron. We have Hope Norm. Hope Norm, also a a longtime supporter of the show. Thank you so much to Hope Norm. Jen Kacharski. Jessica Tambo, also an OG. Man. Like Rambo. All the OGs. Like Rambo. Kater Wee, also been at it for a long time. Catherine Schneider, also been at it for a long time. Man, we have so many longtime Ride or Die fans, and we love you all so much. Thank you all so much. Kathleen Moncrief, another OG. Man, <laughs> Kristen Marie, another OG. Linda Morgan, another OG. Uh, a relative newcomer. We have Lorena Watson. We have Michaela Upright. We have Madeline Cusick. We have Mary Martin, a.k.a. the actress who played Peter Pan on Broadway. Megan Arendt. Uh, Mike Smith. Thank you so much, Mike Smith. Miranda Day. Rachel Bernadowitz. Rebecca Hoyt. Uh, Reverend Robert Stutz. Sadie's actual BFF Morgan. Sarah Reese, Shane Horton. Stephanie, oh, Stephanie's a new one. Stephanie Johnson, Tiffany Enderby, Victoria, and as always, Wes the Cowboy. We love you, Wes the Cowboy. So many of these people we got to meet a couple weeks ago on our Patreon Live Hangout. Yeehaw. It was a great time. Yeehaw. So last uh, last week on our episode, Sadie and I were talking about, uh, Sadie was talking about explaining crypto, and that gave me an idea. Um, that I think that Sadie, you could have a drag persona of Crypto Bro. Has anybody done that before? Has anybody ever done like a, a Crypto Bro drag persona where their song that they do is like Drake, and then they they come out and like just like half-ass their whole act and then uh, just explain crypto to you? I aggressively on the stage. Think so because I don't know that you could get a whole lot of mileage out of that. Um, but it is funny, but what, so then the, the question then though, is first of all, Sadie, do you consent to being a crypto bro drag King? Because oh, yeah, definitely. Whatever. It's very different. So I was thinking you could do something like Elon Musk, um, which is, <laughs> Oh man, that's good. And that gives you a little more to work on. Cause then you can talk about, crazy on twitter and just 
you could just call people by random symbols and numbers for no reason. And like, there's, there's potential there. I think I, I def I agree. And I feel like, um, in my hypothetical drag king world there that I would be fully unable to commit to just one character. I wondered that when, as we've talked about it, like, I feel like you would be, there's a, a famous drag king in uh, California named Landon Sider, um, who was on, uh, yes, just amazing. And I've been able to see him perform uh, live before and he's just incredible, but like, he's a, a chameleon. Like he completely shifts into these characters. He does this fantastic pitbull illusion with like the full bald cap. And like, it's, you would think it's fucking pitbull in front of you. Um, that's amazing. Turn around and be, you know, some, um, Edward Scissorhands or, you know, like just completely different person. So I could see you doing that, but I think one of your many personas could be Elon Musk. I, I love that. And I love that you recognize, um, that I would never be able to commit to just one character. So here's a question then. How many how many drag performers transition to being like full-time actors? Or how many of them are also like full-time actors as their day job and then they also do drag? Uh I don't think it's that common actually. I think there are really? lots of drag performers who are also uh, entertainers in other ways or and stuff like that, but like I think a lot of them may, like keep doing drag um and then may also do acting and a lot of times there's overlap where you're acting in drag like it's made me think of like some of the the better known queens in uh in the US like Bianca Del Rio who is one of my personal like idols she tours and does uh stand up drag all over the world uh but she also has been doing um everyone's talking about Jamie, the musical. Um, she did that in London. And then I think she also did a run of it in LA. Um, but she's in drag for a chunk of that show because that show is about a, a child becoming a drag queen. Um, and the, the journey of dealing with homophobia and all those things, but uh, she's in drag for a chunk of that show, but then she's presenting as this, a masculine, a male character outside, like in also part of that show. So like she does, that, but it's still not. And she's done some movies and things. Um, I think about Shangela and Willem who are also pretty famous. Um, these are all Rue, uh, Rue girls. Um, and they've all done some acting, but like, I think they still like primarily are doing drag. Cause I honestly, I, I bet the money's better. Uh, once you build a platform for yourself on that level, you're commanding thousands and thousands of dollars per appearance. So like, so you remember that Twitter drama where a couple didn't feed their guests at their wedding so that Mickey and Minnie could make a character appearance at the wedding. <laughs> no, um, no. What, what is this? Tell me. There, about was, there was huge Twitter drama. It's been a couple weeks ago. Now a, a couple got married and they had a reception, but instead of catering for their guests at the reception, they spent all the money that they had for catering on Minnie and Mickey character appearances. I, like licensed Disney 
character appearances. And there was this whole Twitter drama about was that rude or not? Was that acceptable or not? And that just got me thinking, oh, well, what if they had just hired a drag queen instead of it? That would have been more popular. Did they say on the invitations that there wouldn't be food? They did, but kind of in a backhanded manner where a lot of guests didn't understand that. Huh. Yeah, I think I would be really upset if there were no food and yet there were Mickey and Minnie, which why would you... I don't like Disney people are very strange to me. Like I'm, I'm down to watch a Disney like movie and, and whatever, but like people that are like that into it kind of weird me out. And I've, I've known a couple of folks like that in my life and I'm like, cool, right on Disney. But like, I've never known anyone that would go to that extreme of like foregoing the food at your own wedding to have Mickey and Minnie. Yeah. Like having a Disney themed wedding cake totally fine having a wedding dress that's vaguely inspired by one of the princess dresses totally fine walking down the aisle to a romantic disney song not not my jam but totally fine if that's your thing you know what a whole new world i would be here for yeah like the definitely the the jazzier version of it mickey and minnie at the reception crosses a line for me so I, I know, like, I know your wedding to Jonathan was extremely low key. It was a gorilla wedding. Say you and him were actually going to have like a, a, like a real full wedding. Oh, like everybody. we keep saying we're going to do on our anniversary every year, but now it's been four years and we haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. say you could choose one of two things. One, do that. Have everybody come to it and j- just be like, a, like a regular wedding. Two. Have everybody come to it, but there's no food, and you guys pay to get uh, uh, the the actual pronouncement. I don't know what you call the pronounce, like the officiating it's done it's, yeah. by Tobias Forge. Which one do you pick? <laughs> well, I would pick food because I'm pretty sure Jonathan would veto that um, out of fear that I would sneakily get married to Tobias instead, even though he is already <laughs> married. <laughs> Um, if it was, if there was a possibility to have James Hetfield, on the other hand, I think Jonathan would pick James Hetfield over food. I now pronounce <laughs> you men and wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. So I, on the subject of weddings, though, I have officiated a wedding in drag before, and I have done, uh, like, reception entertainment in drag before. Okay, what do you, excuse my ignorance, I've never been to a wedding that had uh, drag queen entertainment. What do you do for reception entertainment? (laughs) Well, so this was a, a, a lesbian wedding that I did, and it was held in a like a, a pavilion that's in a, a sculpture garden uh, here in, in town. And I was a surprise. So um, I, the one of the brides had contacted me actually as a surprise for her fiance, um, who knew like her fiance and I have known each other for years and years. Anyway. Um, so she contacted me and she would, she was like, this would make everything amazing if we could just surprise my wife to be and surprise our guests and all this. So they had me walk in as they were, were doing their recessional. 
Um, but they were recessing to Love on Top. So we're coming back around to Beyonce. Great song. Yeah, no, amazing. So they had me walk in, like, down the aisle. And then um, this was a, a fairly small wedding. It was probably 30-ish people. Um, and so then when the music was done, I kind of turned around and I was like, hey, there's there's beer in, over here and there's, you know, refreshments and whatever it was uh, and kind of ushered them into the reception portion, uh, which was sort of the other end of this pavilion that we were under. And then once the brides came back out and did their, you know, now presenting Mrs. and Mrs., um, then I had, there was just a mix that I did that I made and I had very cautiously, they wanted over the top. So I very cautiously suggested, I have this mix that I personally think would be the funniest thing you could do at a lesbian wedding. Um, and it's a mix called Champagne Pussy. Um, and it's literally just, a, it's a comedy song. And it's, it is a hip hop number about how my not cheap champagne it's like crystal and like it gets all the boys coming um and then i had that mixed with the song so um you know it was on theme that that is very on theme that's um, great so they enjoyed it like <laughs> i was like i can also do dolly and they were like no champagne it is and i was like that <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you were the the perfect mix uh, for this whole wedding. But I did want to circle back to when you said uh, I was a surprise because all I wanted to say is you were a wonderful surprise. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, Dinah, when I get married, you will be there, but it won't be a surprise. And you will be there as a guest, not as entertainment. Oh, so thanks, Gavi. That's, that's the plan. Um, I still just really need you to get married so that I can get a tux. You don't need... Uh, look, Sadie, if you want to go tuck shopping, just tell me you want to go tuck shopping. We can go. We'll have a great time. I just... I, I don't have anywhere to wear it. You can wear it around your house and just... Uh, I mean, Change dirty diapers and feed a kid applesauce who likes to throw applesauce. Okay. Well, you know what? We, uh, the, the plan is get us not... We'll, we'll get nominated for some podcast award there eventually. That's okay. the plan. We, we grow the show. We get nominated for a podcast award as an independent podcast, not with uh, you know, the, the, the major network backing. I can't believe you're not part of the Exactly Right Network at this point, Gavi. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Because the only podcasts that I listen to are this podcast um, and every single podcast about Formula One racing. Oh, my God. The only podcast you listen to is your own voice. Like, I have to listen to He's it to make sure brand. that it Like, I, yeah. What? Am I going to listen to other people's podcasts? <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> no, I, we didn't. So we mentioned earlier though, Sadie, you mentioned your um, eye makeup and the fact that you don't have anywhere to wear anything fun. And it's like, well, you're wearing that eye makeup for Chuck. Yeah, that's, that's true. I just, I feel like um, if Chuck <laughs> throws up directly in my face, like she did a few days ago, <laughs> eye makeup is a little, um, little easier to, to clean than a tux would be okay you've got a point there you know what they say like you know how they have waterproof on on the makeup and stuff they sh they should have like vomit proof ratings on it so like it'll 
Uh, well, I mean, you get a really good setting spray, though. Cryoland um, fixing spray is, uh, I think it blew up on TikTok, and so it was out of stock for a while, but that sh- it burns, but baby, it holds. You should send that to me because I just ran out of setting spray. Okay, yeah, I will. So I'm in the market. Like a, I don't know what setting spray. spray is. I'm a straight man. You know, <laughs> straight men can wear makeup. That's true. I'm I'm being very uh, a, a reductionist. Did you see pictures of my like, husband at his last band show? That's true. He let no, me do I his eyeliner. Him. It was beautiful. I didn't. I didn't have to see the pictures. He came home from the show. I was watching your oh, daughter. Right, right, right. right. You got I to see him in person. Yeah, he looked great. Yeah, I got I got to do um, his nails and makeup for that, and hopefully the bass player is going to let me also do his makeup next time. Yeah, you know, straight men can do uh, uh, any sort of fun drag type thing or makeup type thing. They or want just makeup, yeah, or nail polish. Yeah. Have um, you seen the video of Tom Holland doing Umbrella? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Dinah, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I actually show that at school for uh, my musical theater section. We, uh, we watch um, Singing in the Rain because he starts out doing Singing in the Rain. It's a um, lip sync battle. Um, yeah, it was Tom Holland versus Zendaya. And this um, was, was this before they were an item? I don't know if it was before they were. It was after he was Spider-Man already. Yeah. And then it was Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think they were already like close. They were already friends or something. But she comes out and she does like a Bruno Mars uh, lip sync thing, you know, with with all, uh, you know, they, they do like 24 karat magic banger. Um, and she's like, OK, yeah, I'm going to like I'm going to. And it was good. It was it was a perfectly fine performance, but then Tom Holland. I don't know if you know this about Tom Holland, trained ballet dancer. Yeah, he was Billy Elliot. I went on vacation to the UK in um, in 2011, and we went to see Billy Elliot. And so when I found out that Tom Holland was Billy Elliot, I had to look it up. I found out I didn't actually see Tom Holland play Billy Elliot, but that would have been cool. Um, but Tom Holland did play Billy Elliot trained dancer comes out does like starts out singing in the rain and then does rihanna umbrella and like full it's amazing just like he snatches just, the, or like the trench coat comes off and he's got this sort of bs bdsm inspired pleathery black leotard that he's wearing and a, his hair is very odd to me in that but i don't know if it's just because he's wet or what but it's very funny there's like sprinklers spraying water from the sea. He's he goes like full yeah. send, like full send a thousand percent. Sadie, you have to see that. I'll send you this video. It's incredible. Yeah, I absolutely want to see this. Um, I, Just starting from being a huge Singing in the Rain fan. I absolutely have to see this. You you have to see this video. It's it's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. That is in my top in my top five old school musicals. Oh, Singing in the Rain is so good. And actually, I said I I don't do it for musical theater. I do it for um, musical cinema. And we compare like how people have interpreted Singing in the Rain and specifically the scene of the song Singing in the Rain. Um, that the scene is so iconic, and Gene Kelly recorded it when he was incredibly sick. Yeah, he had the flu. Yeah, he had like a hundred and four degree temperature. And just went out there and did it. Have you seen that? Like Usher redid it several years ago. It was like 2015. Usher redid it like shot for shot. And it is so freaking good. Usher can dance, man. Usher's an incredible dancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do Gavi's drag persona update for the year of our Lord 2022 yet. Before we do that, Donna, I wanted to know if you had a persona for Sadie because mine was Crypto Bro. Um, no, I think that Sadie 
needs to be able to alternate. So like I had the Elon Musk thing and I think that's funny, but I think that I think that she's going to be she's going to be one that is able to pivot between different genres. Um and so no, I I think I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't have a cute name for her. Like Beyonce can pivot to different genres. She can. Gali and I have had a whole conversation about Beyonce before we started recording today. Uh, it's true. The day we're recording is the day after Beyonce released a new song. And it sounds like some 90s like club mix. Shit. It's tight. I like it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, we've just been chit chatting about Beyonce for like a half hour. So it's fine. But no. So I wanted though. I wanted. To, so I don't think I've got a persona for Sadie. Um, other than that her persona is that she pivots between different things because I know we talked last time about her wanting to be able to do, did you say you wanted to do like heavy metal stuff or you wanted to do more like, I want to do, okay. So have you ever seen John Lydon, uh, Johnny Rotten of the sex pistols? Mm -hmm. Do you know what he did after the pistols broke up? No. Okay, Jonathan is going to be so proud of me for mentioning this band on air. Uh, <laughs> after the Pistols broke up, John Lydon formed a band called Public Lim- Pub- Public Image Limited, and it's it was one of the like very early post punk bands. Okay. And his stage outfits for Pill are absolutely amazing and wild. Um, he did one show in a full Pinocchio outfit. Like a bright yellow blousey shirt, little, very short, little blue shorter alls, knee high socks, and little boots, and a hat, um, like a one of those hats with the spinny thing on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, he did completely wild, wild outfit choices, and I think taking inspiration from that, um, you could either go that way or you could go the kind of like Gigi Allen, very like very shocky, very gross punk dude. I think there's a lot in that genre mm. that could be done. I'm into that. And I think, yeah, I think you could do some really fun like references and characters of different kinds. Yeah, I, I think there. I think there's just a lot there in like masculine fashion in punk and metal music. Well, I think Sadie, if you started dressing as like doing like a a punk metal drag persona, you might just start dressing like that all the time anyway. I think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gavi, I don't think you know this, but I had just uh, I had just showed the mom group that I am in with Dinah my uh, non skinny jeans that I just bought. Why'd you buy them? Because I, that's the thing now. Really? No. Yeah. It's, totally. I oh no. Like I love my skinny jeans, but I just um I think I'm gonna bend the pressure on this one. Who's pressuring you? What where the is world. this? Pre- TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok and I'm still wearing skinny jeans. It's fine. Sadie. You know Don't how like-, like we make fun of boomers for wearing whatever boomers wear? Or like, you know, the white, like New Balance dad shoes? Yes. That's you, friend. Like you have to change yeah. the times. I'm done trying to look young. Okay. I shaved my head. Um I'm fully bald. I shave my head every day. It's shiny now. I'm officially like, I'm officially like not not an young person anymore. See, I still get legitimately carded here oh. and there sometimes in my daily life. So yeah. why not just wear the skinny <laughs> jeans and just say like, see, you can tell I'm old because I'm wearing skinny jeans so you won't card me anymore. Because getting carded is not that much of an inconvenience. 
I don't know. I just find it. I find it really disturbing that so many of the worst fashion trends of the early 2000s are suddenly coming back with a vengeance, like the wide leg jeans. Pretty soon it's going to be like boot cut jeans, which was a mistake. Oh, uh, they're no. back. Yeah, they're back. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's well, like, I, so. will, <laughs> I will promise you, I will promise you this much. Uh, I, I will not be doing low rise jeans. Thank God. That was also a travesty. Well, as we as we all know, the worst part of my religious trauma, all told, is the fact that I'm triggered by anything low rise. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> actually, I think that's that's a, a benefit, not a not a a, a problem. It's, <laughs> it's a perk. Um, <laughs> so I won't be doing that, and I will not be touching my eyebrows because I like my eyebrows just the way they are. And I didn't fill them in when big eyebrows were in style, and I won't be pulling them out now that they're not in style. What are all the people who got microbladed eyebrows about to do? Well, well microblading, doesn't that fade? It does. It, it's not like it's not really the same as tattooing, even though it's similar. So like it does it fades out over like I think years. I think all face makeup tattoos last a couple of years, but that's about it. Like hand tattoos, like they often fade out. Yeah, hand tattoos are terrible to keep up. Do you ever see anybody who's had like their their eyebrows like tattooed on, mm-hmm. and then they've had a facelift, and their <laughs> eyebrows are like way up here, and then they have like reg- they have a regular set of eyebrows, like the the ones that are hair, and then they have like two inches above them they have the 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 tattooed eyebrows you ever see that when is that gonna seriously be in style i i don't know i feel like that (laughs) ship has already sailed you know there is someone who um i i'm just gonna be vague because i don't want to get in trouble but uh i who i know in the drag community who is of a certain age and he's had permanent uh makeup tattooed on and he's had some work done and things have gotten odd. So yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it it is it's a little off putting sometimes. You know what? You have to just respect people for the choices that they've made. Um, unless that choice is of course crocs, uh, because those are back as well. Yeezys are doing Yeezy Crocs now, man. I do not want to sit here and let you in the year of our Lord 2022 malign the perfection that is a pair of Crocs. I love my Crocs and I'm not even ashamed about it. I don't wear them everywhere and I don't wear them like every day or anything, but they are the most comfortable shoe that has ever existed. And I, as an individual, have a pair of rhinestone encrusted teal Crocs that I wear wow. at the club when I'm not, generally it's when I'm not actively performing. Generally. Because right, you're in heels. Generally. Usually when you're performing, you're in heels. You yes. got to take them off, slide into something more comfortable. I am vaguely croc positive to croc neutral. So I'm just, I'm kind of just enjoying this battle royale here. That's your, that's your alignment is vaguely croc positive to croc neutral. You know, I think I, I think I maybe I should just admit something is that I think the reason why I have such a viscerally negative reaction towards Crocs is because so when, when I was in like middle school, I got beat up a lot. I'm very open about that. I got beat up a lot. It wasn't fun. Um, <laughs> but I had a friend, one of my best friends also used to get beat up a lot. 
So he would, he, he, I wore like Converse. I wore like Chuck Taylors. He wore Crocs. Okay. If I would like hang out with him and he was wearing the Crocs, he would be the one that the bullies would go for and not me. Was it because of the Crocs? Yes. And also, also because they're not very good shoes for running in. So, you know, if like if you're getting chased by a bear, you don't need to outrun the bear. You just need to outrun the guy that you're like hiking with. Well, I I suppose um, now, first of all, if you put the Crocs in four wheel drive, you can run pretty okay in them. So my Crocs have four. What? Yeah. You put the little (laughs) strap to the back so that it holds it on. So you can go off road. <laughs> I mean, some of us can run in heels. I think Gavi just needs to catch up. Yeah, Gavi, get your shit together, man. Um, uh, man, okay, well. But also, how much experience do you have being chased by bears? None, but I have a lot of experience being chased by bullies. So, But your bullies <laughs> sound to be fashion-minded, which I think is remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you know they pick on you for anything like if you're if you do anything weird then you get picked on that's just kind of if you look weird if you talk yeah. weird if you act weird if you naruto run in the hallways if you uh, uh, uh <laughs> <laughs> which i mean fair uh, middle school is awful for pretty much everyone i think but yeah. I'm I'm just amused at the idea that that your bullies are like giving you the once over and going, Chuck Taylor's. Oh no, nah, here's the guy with Crocs. You I want another day. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you you want to know what I would get beaten up for is because like I would I would get beaten up because I was where I wore like basketball shorts a couple of times and the basketball shorts didn't go past my knee and apparent according to some dude who was a bully at my school. Uh, if you wear shorts that don't go past your knee, that's gay. And therefore they could beat you up for that. Like, and I was just like, huh, I didn't know that was gay. I guess I shouldn't wear those shorts anymore. Rather than like, this kid's a fucking idiot. Like that's, that's where my mind went. I mean, I love a short short. So it's fine. They're not even that short. They're just like basketball shorts. And they just like went to like, like I'm wearing basketball shorts now. And they go to like where my shorts are going now, but because they didn't go like all the way past my knee, I guess that's. I gay. think that's I such a. T- like, I personally, I can't stand shorts that go like way past people's knees. I think it's a sloppy look. Yeah, my um, my Canadian husband refuses to wear shorts longer than like the middle of his kneecap, and we all know, you know, Canada is very known for their fashion sense. <laughs> I mean that. <laughs> well, that's you know, true. We're, we're talking about things that are coming back and like trends and stuff, but like Hoochie Daddy shorts are in this year. So I, I so support this. I have been seeing uh, a lot of this type of short on the Portland streetwear circuit, and I am happy with this outcome. Yes. Wait, my Hoochie biggest Daddy concern George? though is that context so- clues, coffee. I, I, what is what is a Hoochie Daddy? <laughs> Do you know what a Hoochie Mama is? I've heard somebody say it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that I know to what it refers. Like it's it's like it's like one of those things where people will say Lord of Mercy. I don't know what a Lord of Mercy is. <laughs> oh my god. But Oh my god. Like you're like an Okay, Dino, which you do Hoochie Daddy, I'll do Lord of Mercy. <laughs> okay. Um so Hoochie Daddy, I don't know the etymology and I'd actually be fascinated to look it up because I I look up ridiculous things on the internet, but it's, um, I would say, someone who is feeling sex positive and perhaps 
promiscuous um, and letting you see all of their goodness body wise. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, it's a just... promiscuously dressed person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Lord of Mercy, it's Lord Have Mercy. It's a oh. shortening, you know, like Zounds. Yeah. It's Wait, what is Zounds exactly. short for? Zounds is a euphemism uh, for a medieval curse. Uh, people used to like like swear or exclaim by his wounds, meaning by Christ's wounds, uh, but that was considered blasphemous, so it got shortened to zounds. But that's where that comes from. I have never really. Heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that. So, so what is a hoochie daddy short? Is a hoochie daddy short just like one that's like very short? Just it's like short shorts. You- yeah, it's short shorts. Oh, so. Y- you can see like the you you can see so the tree can, and the roots. You can see Dinah's ho sh- tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So because so, I've got I've got a little diamond on my thigh, and if you can see it, that means I'm up to ho. Sh- so I call it my ho sh- tattoo. So you're saying that what I should do is I should go around in a pair of Daisy Dukes and not uh, Daisy Dukes, but but you know, show a little thigh. There's okay. a, there's a range. I think I my shortest shorts have like a three inch inseam, which is That's- the same as my shortest shorts. <laughs> well, I've been doing a lot of squats lately, so my thighs are looking excellent lately. So you know, I, I oh, could, show I them could, off. Uh, it's hoochie daddy season. I should. Uh, you know what I'm worried about is I'm worried about getting sunburned um, because my my thighs don't get a lot of sunlight. You know, there is um, this thing called sunscreen. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget to, I, I was, you know, I was outside yesterday when Sadie and I were working on an episode and I got horribly sunburned. Um, oh, no. I was just, there, you just, you just put sunscreen on, which is the secret to how I'm still getting carded at 29. Because um, a couple, couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to wear sunscreen every day. It's going really well for me so far. Good for you. I'm I'm happy for you. I will say, I, if you start wearing these short shorts in public, you may actually start getting chased by bears. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying so hard to make something out of that. <laughs> so ah, I'm trying to take. Ah, ah, ah. Also, um, podcast listeners, welcome to our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> this is just this is what our group chat is like all the time just so you know oh my god that's true Ah! Ah! but but we've been going for we've been going for a while now and we still have not gotten to gavi's drag persona um so we've we've established that she doesn't wear crocs no no we're not being caught dead in crocs she's like she's fancy she's fashionable um she's got money i think we've established that last time like the aesthetic is is moneyed and then we had also talked well so like i think that there's an homage that could be made out of like finding a character that that really works with and then interesting yeah like we can find a character that that works with who is like fashionable and and has money but then we had also talked about last um pride month drag brunch um, how you had grown out your beard during pandemic and you were like really feeling your oats on having a beard. Um, and so I got to thinking, um, how can we create like a play on words and how can we use that and do all these things? So um, I thought you could be an homage to, I don't want to oversell it, but one of the greatest fictional characters of our lifetime, 
Um, and you could be a la clueless bear Horowitz. Really? That's an, I, you know what? I really like that idea. That's, I love I, it. <laughs> you know, clueless, clueless is a great film based on Jane Austen. I am also a great That's lover funny. of, of the, the writing of Jane Austen. You know, I, I like, I don't hate that. It's very fashionable money. Um, and I, Jewish. And Jewish. You know, when you were talking about fictional characters and a moneyed fictional characters who are, you know, very high class, high glam, I was thinking of somebody different. Oh. Uh, yeah. I was thinking that my drag persona would be based on Anna Delvey. <laughs> <laughs> So is there a okay? How, how do you how do you feel about that? Could you I, see it? Sort of. I, but I want to know how. Like, how do you make it more? Like, how do you make it drag? So I don't know. I just on her. I mean, she she all she's already playing a character. Well, like that's a made that's true. That's true. I mean, mainly, I just want to wear fancy clothes and tell people that they look poor. That's that's kind of where I see myself going with this. Uh, Wasn't it? Was it Paris Hilton that said, "Just stop being poor"? Yes, that was uh, that, that that was her. <laughs> yeah, um, that was her. Get your ass up and work was Kim K. And that's right. Yeah, <laughs> extremely so out of touch people. But I did, like you know the scene in Inventing Anna when she she uh, she's in jail. She has this reporter coming in to talk to her. She she like hasn't talked to anybody about this story, but she's got this reporter coming in to talk to her, and this reporter comes in. And just like wants it's like what, wh- who are you like what's your deal and she's like what are you wearing you look poor <laughs> and she's and Anna is wearing like a prison jumpsuit and she's telling this reporter that she looks poor <laughs> because of what she's wearing it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen and I it, I mean it was just incredible like that is kind of great just, I, I'm trying to think of like how you could manipulate the name. And like so that it was still clearly Anna Delvey, but not Mana Delvey. Mana Delvey. Yeah, you could do Banana Delvey would work. It's kind of like a like a very basic dick joke. Okay. Why go complicated when you can go simple? <laughs> you know, I like it works on every level. Banana Delvey, and then you could. Yeah. I mean, because she is playing characters and like manipulating and do it. Like you could be almost like spy-ish or something and like that's true i don't know okay okay but the character's thing could be the social media because a lot of what anna did she did with social media clout right so you could be taking selfies and oh i've got to post this on instagram maybe that's a direction just like whenever the new like hot thing comes in you just say oh that is so over so, like, you could say that, um, like, baggy jeans are over. Yeah, baggy jeans are over. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I, I. I don't hate that as an idea. I'm into if it. And I think Banana Delvey is is pretty clever. I. I don't know. I. Th- I think it's funny. Although I want to say earlier we were talking about Elon Musk, and I can't believe I didn't make a trading a horse for a hand job joke in there at all. That like, was a, a missed opportunity. That was a massively, and I just thought of it now. I can't believe I didn't make that joke <laughs> earlier. Well, we're gonna have to. What we're gonna have to do is when we have Eden Con in Vegas, part of it is going to have to be a drag show. I'm pretty sure at this point. 
somebody's going to have to like like show me what to do how like how to do this properly because i like i've never done this before i'm not a good actor okay um when i was in theater class i only took theater class because it was easy and i wasn't i'd never like bothered memorizing any of my lines and i'm not good at reading subtext or lines so um but you are a musician i am a musician so i can perform yeah and that's really a lot of it because you're the core of drag most of the time is lip syncing to music so what would my song be would it be like money 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 by abba uh i mean i love that so maybe must be funny um i don't know i mean there's a lot of songs about money uh you could also do rich girl by gwen stefani that's true great track um i don't know there's there's a bunch of songs about money but we'll get there we'll figure it out yeah, we'll figure we'll figure it out. This is this is a fun project. <laughs> and so you probably need to go ahead and find a pair of heels to start learning to walk in them. Oh, I have I have uh heels that aren't tall. I have my gold Cuban heel. The, the the problem is that I can't wear like if I make if I do this properly, I can't be knock off anything. It's got to be like so like my outfit has got to cost like at least $40,000. This feels like a barrier to entry. Yeah. That does feel, well, I also, feel like do you feel like I'm throwing up a barrier to entry because I don't want to do it? <laughs> because if we make EdenCon happen, I promise you I will do this. Um what what's your shoe size? Uh depending on the brand between nine and a half and eleven. Oh, that's gonna be a major advantage for you. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that is that's only an eleven and a half to a thirteen in women's sizing and that's going to be so much easier for you to find shoes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that's good for, to know. For context, I wear a 15 in men's. So oh, finding shoes is difficult. Because you can find up to up to a 12 in quote unquote women's sizing is generally available. And once you go beyond that, it gets more and more difficult to find your shoe size. Interesting. And do you think I'd want to go on the bigger size? because of that's going to depend pain. on it's going to depend on the shoe yeah hmm. yeah okay it just i but was thinking I can, as, as okay like so so dinah if you can do the if you can do the makeup like costume supervision i can handle shoes and learning to walk in the shoes and oh, it's like okay, we could cool. do wigs and stuff because you know i shave my head so i'm super bald we can just throw a wig on like that super easy you know yes that's how it works <laughs> Is, is, is that i don't know i've never worn one before oh this is gonna be fun okay yeah so I'm, i will I'm say excited. pro tip though gavi when you're starting to learn to walk in heels find something that's got a little bit of a platform at the at the front um and it'll be less like pressure on the uh the front of your foot it's a little uh, more comfortable good to know Okay, so we, we've talked about uh, Hoochie Daddy shorts and running in heels and drag characters. Is that yeah. it before break? Yeah, let's. Uh, why don't we go to break? When we come back from break, we've got some other things to talk about, but we're going to uh, at, at finish up the episode by reading the pride stories that some of our listeners have sent in. We're really excited about that, um, and uh, we, we can't wait to do that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll just go to break, and we'll take up the offering. We'll be right back. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, 
Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Sadie here. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode 57. It's a primer episode for new listeners. That episode tells my personal story and gives you all the terms and information that you'll need to know going forward. Also, check out our cult true crime series, The First Family of Fundamentalism, so that you can get the whole cult story. If you like our show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes, as well as other bonus content available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, that group is called Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Now, back to the show. All right, we are rolling. We are back. Uh, just over, while we were off recording, we found out that Sadie had never heard the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot. I've heard part of the song. But she thought that the part where he's like, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, huh? And that came from the Nicki Minaj song. but Which I don't think I've actually heard. Well, you should listen to both of them. I was impressed by how much of uh, Baby Got Back Gavi knew off the top of his head. Like, he far outshone me in this exercise we just did. <laughs> Impromptu rap battle. It is, uh, it's very similar to how I can just quote scripture. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I like fit in the weird slot between the two of you guys, um, where like I was not in as, uh, or maybe like I left a lot earlier than Sadie did as far as being in the like the crazy religious side of things, and I wasn't quite as restricted as she was, so I had a, like a hair more exposure. But I also don't have Gavi's level of like living in sort of the secular world full time so here's a question is baby got back a popular song uh, uh to do drag routines to i don't know i mean it so likely it would be a drag king not really uh now the huh. now nikki's anaconda yes uh okay. or at least it was not really i i would say i feel like you get more of genuine's pony than you get baby got back also a great song one of my favorites for karaoke it is but it is also like interminable and just like it's like okay genuine like we get it like my saddle's waiting come and jump on it but, like over and over and over again we there get is there is a certain number of times that you can hear that song before you never want to hear it again bow 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 Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> this will yeah. be that number for a lot of the listeners <laughs> yeah anyway we, we the, the second half of the episode we're trying to uh th- we're reading listener stories we have a few that we've picked out um we got- well they're just there are so many stories that exist i feel like people who grew up in the ifb in general we all have a story and if you grew up as an lgbtq person 
in the IFB, you kind of by default have two stories. <laughs> and right. Right. Every, everybody has a story about how this affected them and how they got out and what the mental chains were that they had to break. And then we still run up against them from time to time and we go, oh, God, didn't know that was there. Mine, mine recently has just been having hymns stuck in my head constantly. <laughs> uh, it got started because uh, someone in the Rodriguez family snark Reddit group, I think is the group that it was in, posted a video of a Christian song that I was really familiar with. And since then, it has been nothing but me getting him stuck in my head and then trying to listen to Lizzo to get them out of my head. What song was it that got stuck in your head? Do you want to sing a little bit of it? I don't remember, and I'm not going to think about it, because if I do, it'll get stuck in my head again. <laughs> but it's actual hymns. It's not little children are falling no. into a... <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Uh, would y'all like to start with a, a little bit of a lighthearted story? Yes. Gavi, do you want to read this one, or do you want me to do it? Uh, you know what? I'll do it. Okay, okay. Who's this from? This is from Allison. Allison, I know being a fundy was killing you. All right. Okay. So this is from Allison. Hi, Sadie and Gobby. This is a little bit of a lighthearted story that happened when I was in maybe seventh or eighth grade. My name is Allison. She, her pronouns. And I'm a bisexual person who grew up in the Southern Baptist Convention in Kentucky. Doesn't sound like a good time. Our youth group went to a city outside Cincinnati to help restore some old church. It was near 4th of July. So on the 4th, we went to downtown Cincinnati to watch fireworks. We found a good spot and everyone started to settle in. And we looked to our right. And we're right by the LGBT booth. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Somebody brought it to the attention of the preacher and youth pastor, but they were so afraid that we would be judged for moving that they just let us stay sitting there. I'm pretty sure our preacher handed them some sort of tract to help justify us having our spot and sit by the sinners <laughs> like i said just kind of a light-hearted story if you need something to sprinkle in some of the more heavy content thank you so much for sending us that allison i, I so this reminds me of something we talked about in the first pride episode that, like what do you do if you're a fundy and you are confronted by the established presence of the lgbtq community what do you do i was kind of impressed by this story um in that the only thing that the pastor did was just hand them a tract i, mm. I mean i i get the impression that it wasn't an outwardly hateful one this would just be one of those tracks is like hey you need to accept jesus so you can go to heaven Right. And if, if I'm correct about that, this is actually not so bad of a response. Yeah, no, the Southern Baptists um, are not known for being, like, kind to LGBT people. So, um, yeah, that's actually a pretty light response. It's also relatively, like, self-aware that they knew that they would look really shitty if they were like, oh, we can't sit by the gays, and everyone got up and moved. So, yeah, like, this is actually, I, I, I don't hate it. I don't love that the, they had to justify their existence. 
Yeah, no. not not hating it is um, sometimes the best you can hope for. Honestly, yeah. Not hating it is a path to loving it. Just as as a pastor's kid, um, reading this story, I got a vivid mental image of how this would have gone down in my life, which would have been some concerned church member. So Allison said, someone brought it to the attention of the pastor and youth pastor, but they were afraid that we'd be judged for moving. So the way that I saw that was a concerned church member rushes up to the pastor and, do you know who is sitting just to our right? And the pastor is not that worried about it, but now has to react in order to appease this very concerned church member. And just having been through so many of the (laughs) scene, that scenario play out in real life, this gave me a giggle. There's some soccer mom, Karen type person going, oh my goodness, we're we're next to the gays. We got to get out of here. And then running over and saying, Brother Billy, we got to move. Because I feel like we've all been at like church picnics. So you're you're having a church picnic. You've rented out a pavilion in the park. And you didn't realize that the pavilion that you rented is right next to the beach volleyball area in the park. And yep. all of a sudden, a group of people who are dressed immodestly come up to play volleyball right by your church picnic. What are we oh, going to do? Oh, no. <laughs> Well, we're going to bounce our eyes, first of all. You put up like a divider like they have between the, the male and female section in the in the Orthodox synagogue. <laughs> just have the divider in the back of somebody's truck just in case. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to be prepared. These, I mean, these fundies, uh, you're prepared for the rapture, but are you prepared for <laughs> if you see... <laughs> no, I've, I've seen this scenario play out in real life. What if you, what, okay, what if one of the people has a cross, like, neck tattoo, or like a cross tattooed on their body somewhere, but it's somewhere that, that you wouldn't see unless they were being dressed immodestly, and you see the, like, how does that square with you? See, you see- that is, that is, they're trying, but they're misguided. Is that kind of like, I have a ho tattoo on my upper thigh, and if you can see it, I'm up to ho is that kind of like that? This yeah, it seems relevant. Or maybe it's like if you see this tattoo, it means that my flirty fishing has been successful. Mm. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, what I was thinking though is as far as like averting the gaze of the children so that they're not corrupted. You know those um those windshield um like blocks that you put in so that your car doesn't get super hot in the summertime. Um, but they're yes. the they're the ones that are like cloth and they roll up and they've got the, the plastic tubing inside. And so you just kind of like flick your wrist and the whole thing goes and it's full size. (laughs) Yes. What if you just had like every, every mom carrying one of those in her purse so that if need be, you could form a modesty wall around the children. You know what else I'm picturing? You've seen 300, right? Yeah. Great movie. One of my favorite gay memories, actually. <laughs> Happy, Pride. Happy Pride. You know when they see like they have like the shield, like yeah. wall, like turtle thing that they build. Yeah, with like like I'm picturing that, except that it it, it isn't a bunch of just like greased up men in a uh, uh, very little, cl- just like extremely buff greased up men in no clothing. 
Skidless. <laughs> you know, that I was just going to say that that fits in perfectly with the fundy ideals of womanhood, because that would require the moms of the group to stand there holding their piece of the modesty wall, and they wouldn't be able to eat at the barbecue they their arms would get tired and and then they're sacrificing sacrificing themselves through the moral purity of their husbands and children mm. which is extremely on brand for fundies oh, they love to see it proverbs 31 right there <laughs> coming yep. to life uh, she strengtheneth her arms so that she can hold up modesty panels mm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I said thank you so much, Allison, for sending us this story. This is this is this is incredible, and we're glad that that didn't go a lot worse than we were thinking that it would go. Yeah, that could have been bad. Dinah, do you want to read the next one? I read the last one. Hello, Eden Podcast. My name is Merriweather Maris for short, and Maris uses he/him pronouns. I am a 38-year-old trans guy, husband, and stepdad of three teenagers. I did not grow up fundy, but I grew up Roman Catholic. I am number six of seven children. Wow. So I can relate to the Fundy big family. I currently live in the land of the Duggars, Northwest Arkansas. Hey, neighbor. Hey. I haven't really seen it pointed out before, but growing up Catholic, I feel like it is a Fundy parallel world. I was assigned female at birth, and I cried my eyes out in hearing Sadie's story. I was also awkward, chubby, bad hair, and big plastic glasses when I was a kid. I had to wear those ugly plaid Catholic jumpers, too. Nobody looks cool in those. It really seems like Catholics are fundies with more ceremony and robes. Just, I just wanted to say hello and reach out to you. Big hugs, Maris. Wow. <laughs> well, I want Maris to know that I also had to wear the ugly plaid jumpers. Um, it's <laughs> the, the Catholic school kids get the worst of that, but I was unfortunately subjected to this as well. Actually, one year our school made the... AMAB children wear plaid pants with the same pattern as the ugly plaid jumpers that the AFAB children had to wear. Um, (laughs) Nobody liked that. (laughs) I own plaid pants that I wear like in real life. Purpose though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess if it's not my choice, I would be much madder about it. I have a plaid disco suit from the seventies. Yes. I am mad about both of your plaid pants ownership because both of you are incredibly too tall for me to share your clothing. I mean, I can send you a link and you can order them in the appropriate size. We could do that. See, my my husband is about 5'10", but I am really, I have really long legs and he has a really long torso. Therefore, I can wear his pants oh. and it's very convenient. It, it is. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a holdover from dating women. Uh, I got that benefit in my husband. Nice, very. It's it's nice. it is. It's extremely nice. But I I love Dinah's style, and I'm very upset that I cannot wear their pants. You're so you're so kind, and I'm like you know you see the Instagram side of me, and you don't see the the um. That's not true. I guess I send you selfies sometimes, but. It's like also sometimes I'm just kicking around the house in like short shorts and a tank top looking a whole Arkansas mess. You know, I just want to say that that Meriwether, I want to commend you on having an excellent name. I assume that that because uh, you are a trans guy, that's a name that you picked out for yourself. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, whether, Whether that's a chosen name or a birth name, it's a great name. Also, um, he lives in Northwest Arkansas, 
Um, so he's close because I'm here in Little Rock, um, just central Arkansas. But um, they just had their uh, Pride Parade slash um, events this past weekend. So happy Pride. Um, we don't actually celebrate Pride in Little Rock until October. Um, Why? Because it's too hot? I think it's partly because it is just too goddamn hot. Because um, it's like nearly 100 degrees outside right now. Um, but also it usually coincides with national coming out day. Um, and so I think that there are several places across the South that do it that way because it's just too hot to be like outside all day. I was, uh, Liz said uh, she lives in Florida or she lived, she lives in Florida now and she lived in Florida when she worked at Disney world. But she said that, that, uh, Orlando did pride in October as well. Yes. And and I, I don't know what other reasons there are for that other than the heat and like coinciding with National Coming Out Day. But it, it seems like sort of codified June as Pride Month feels, feels relatively recent. Like as far as like everyone does Pride in June. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just my like having lived in this area for most of my life. Doesn't this just mean that you get to celebrate twice, though? Absolutely. It's like um, it's like being in an interfaith family where you have two sets of holidays that you get to celebrate. You get Pride in June and then Pride again in October, which seems pretty cool. Yeah, Gavi um, half-heartedly tried to convert me um, via Twitter recently because he was telling me the benefits of all the Jewish holidays. Aval, I wasn't tr- I wasn't trying to convert you because we don't do that. You <laughs> asked the question initially. <laughs> And I was just giving you the real, real. Well, so that's why it came off as half-hearted. I just watched the Seinfeld last night where George converts to Latvian Orthodox. Yes, that's a good one. One of my favorites. I just want a holiday about cheesecake. Look, man, you can eat eat cheesecake whatever you want. Well, I know, and I do. And, like, I'm a, a Golden Girls super fan, so, like... I'm on my cheesecake, but I'm just saying, like, give me, like, like, legitimize it somehow by giving me a holiday about it. So here, here's the dealio, is that the, the, God works in mysterious ways. He's kind of a troll. Uh, we, like, we, we know this, th- like, we know this. This is true. And that he gave the holiday about cheesecake to the people who can't digest dairy. I just like as I, I assume as a troll, as a joke. I mean, there a lot of a lot of people groups also cannot digest dairy. That's Not true. Not just Jewish people. Like, there's really almost no dairy in Asian cuisine for for on purpose. Yeah, but they don't have a cheesecake holiday, do they? That's true. That's true. Merriweather also says, "What you you've got a podcast that you? I, I would love to. You are an excellent person. From this story, uh, my wife and I are also artists and also do a podcast." Uh, the podcast is a true crime, primarily it's with Maris Mondays um, and paranormal and weird history. And there's a link to that. So I'm opening the you, link so I can get you the podcast name. Yeah, please give me, please give say, me the podcast. He name. also said, don't include this in the podcast. No, he unless, said, it says, he said unless, you, unless want you want to. to. Okay, I, I want like, to. I was like, oh, God. No, that's <laughs> no, I'm glad that you checked. Uh, the podcast is called Cruel T, so C R U E L space T E A, which I think is a fun 
That's a, name. That's a good name for a podcast. I approve the name. I haven't listened to it, so I don't know if it's just like chock full of racial slurs or Oh like, Gobby. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, my, my Spidey sense says probably not, given probably not given this lovely email that he sent. Yeah. Th- anyway, Meriwether, thank you for writing to us. Uh, if uh, w- We'll check out your... I- I'll listen to your show. If it's good, I'll promote you again, probably, <laughs> just because I like to do that for stuff that I like, um, and I have no filter. So... What? Uh, you have no filter? This is <laughs> this is news to me. I am shocked. Look, I have no filter, and I am like... Uh, and I've been drinking tequila all morning, You've been drinking so. tequila? This is news to me. I am shocked. <laughs> The only filter Gavi has is a Brita in the fridge. I don't even use it. Look, I'm from Oregon. We don't even filter our water. We don't give a f- We're out here drinking straight from the tap. You're- yeah, not me. I cannot know. I cannot drink local water around here. That's how I know you're not a true Oregonian. You are not a true Oregonian unless you drink water straight from the tap. Don't do anything to it. It's gross. Except maybe soda stream it. I have a soda so- stream. So I'm Question- half Oregonian. <laughs> Do, question do you go from tap to brita filter to soda stream or do you just go tap to soda stream tap to brita filter to fridge to soda stream there you the go f- yeah look man you gotta like you, uh, did you eat a lot of dirt when you were a child yes so then you're <laughs> fine you're you're fine sadie but that doesn't like, make it delicious can we get yeah well, i mean we don't even have fluoride in our water you i'm actually pissed you want to know the story about that you know how portland's full of like patchouli ass hippies and like (laughs) greasy people um (laughs) yeah i've heard about this a time or two and like anti like liberal anti-vax moms that's the type of people that a lot of the people that live here is that they they added fluoride to the water sometime in like like 10 years ago or something and then in 2014 there was like a ballot measure to take the fluoride out of the water and it was like don't put chemicals in our water it's bad for you like and, and it passed in the fluoride is carcinogenic if you drink like two hundred thousand times the normal dose that you'd get in a year yeah did you know that if you if you if you drink an entire bottle of soy sauce you'll die i mean if you just straight up for me also probably just throw up because that sounds awful yeah, but like you will straight up die of of dehydration because it's so salty. So sodium, yeah, 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 that makes sense. You would definitely throw up before that happened. Y'all ready for the next story? Yeah, Sadie, this is the one that you wanted to yeah, read. Yeah, this is the one that I want to read because I have I have stuff to say. Ooh. It's all, all all it's all good stuff, but I have stuff to say. Okay, go for it. This email is from Mike. He him pronouns. Hi, Sadie and Gavi. Quick disclaimer that I am a cradle Catholic, so not really an IFB slash Christian cult upbringing, but still very sheltered. My parents were both Catholic and my whole family went to mass every Sunday. When the whole priest abuse scandal broke, my mom ended up leaving the Catholic church and began her long and ongoing journey down the Christian extremist spiral. I was about eight at the time. My dad continued attending mass with my brother and I. My mom began listening to a lot of radio shows hosted by Rush Limbaugh, Michael Savage, Ravi Zacharias, etc. That's a list of names right there. Holy cow. Jesus Christ. In every sense of the word. I will give a quick list of examples of my mom's controlling behavior because I think it adds value to my story as a queer person. 
I cannot claim anything as extreme as IFB control, but my mom was very particular about everything my brother and I were exposed to, even well into our teenage years. We were only allowed to listen to Disney radio in the car until about middle school. I once got my brother in trouble because he watched the TV show Scrubs. He was about 15. That's horrible. My mom got me a DVD set of the show TV show Zoe 101 because the commercials on Nickelodeon were not appropriate. Wow. I was about 12 at the time. The anxiety I felt from my mom constantly making my brother and I feel guilty about being normal kids became so bad I would get awful stomach pains almost every morning and suffer from anxiety attacks at school. I once had an anxiety attack at my friend's house because they wanted to watch South Park and I knew that I was not allowed to. Fast forward and my brother went off to college and eventually came out as gay to my family. To say it was bad was an understatement. I so admire his bravery because unfortunately at the time... Even I was quite uncomfortable with the thought of anything queer. My mom had a lot of conversations with him that consisted of concern for his, quote, gay lifestyle, because when the Muslims took over the country, they would kill all the gay people. (sighs) A few years after that, I realized I was trans and actually a man. Shout out to God for giving my homophobic parents two queer kids. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yes. Yes. The Lord works in mysterious ways. (laughs) It was a very tense time because I still lived at home. My mom took charge of convincing me that I was being corrupted with these thoughts by outside forces. She gave me a DVD of a trans guy that transitioned back and was trying to expose the truth. She gave me websites to look at, sent me a few videos from the wonderful Candace Owens about the liberal agenda. Oh, my God. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Mike. She she suggested I be more like Ellen because Ellen was, quote, masculine, but still wore makeup and was a woman. My dad also struggled a lot and explained to me that the devil was at work in our family. During this time... I mean, no lie, (laughs) but wrong person. Oh, During this time, I had met my now husband and moved out of my parents' house and end with him in another state. Eventually, I went no contact with my parents for about a a year, but that was also very difficult. We do talk and see one another on holidays now. They call me by my preferred name, but still struggle with pronouns. There are no more videos of anti-trans propaganda being sent my way, so that is a plus. That is indeed a plus. Yeah. This has become quite rambling, so I will wrap it up. My relationship with my parents is still strained, but I have an amazing and supportive husband and a wonderful son. My brother is in a relationship with a really sweet guy, so I try to focus on the good in my life. Thank you for making this podcast. There is a lot that I cannot relate to, but there are parts of it that help me understand and try to be more patient with my parents because I know that they have been sucked in by bad faith arguments. Thank you for taking time to read my story. Just typing this out felt cathartic. All the best, Mike. Thank you for sending us that, Mike. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you, everything that you've been through. Wow. That That is a journey. That was quite a story. I felt like, hold on, I'm finding the right thing. So where I knew we had a lot in common was where Mike's mom said, when the Muslims take over the country, they're going to kill all the gay people. That was the line. And I thought, oh, okay, no, this guy and I, we get each other. Uh, Yeah, that line just made me go, oh, yep, I know where we're coming. We're going with this one. Yeah, like I know exactly where his mom was in the... (laughs) Oh my God. Like in the sphere of conspiracy theories. So here, here's a question about that uh, that I've got is how. So when they say, okay, the Muslims are going to take over and kill all the gay people, do they see that as a good thing or a bad thing? Are you asking them to be truthful or are you asking them to be like, like, like a legitimate question? Because like it, it seems like the kind of thing where they're, they're like, well, the gays are sinners 
It, it, it's the sort well, of thing where say, like the sinner hate the sin, right? Even though we, right, we all know that that's bullshit. Like that's what so, they're going to say. Yeah. And so really it's in your best interest because the Muslims won't even love the sinner. Right. I think this is the, mm. the, the subset of fundamentalism that this is, I think is not gay people should be killed, but probably gay people should be in jail. Like the, the people who actively actually think that being gay is a death penalty crime exist and are real and I do not like them, but it's not the most common belief in fundamentalism, I don't think. And I, I think maybe not even in jail, but should be like, your children should definitely be shielded from them. Um, they should not be publicly, you know, expressing anything about their gender or sexuality that is not cishet. Um, and basically, it's a go back into the closet. We won't, mm-hmm. we won't kill you, but please don't shove that nastiness down our throats. Right. There's a whole spectrum from should be executed to should be allowed to live their lives but not get married or adopt children. And there are so many shades on that spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I, I don't know, because it, it seems to me like the subtext for that is it's not that, well, when the Muslims take over, they're they're going to kill all the gay people and that's so horrible. It's the Muslims take over, they're going to kill all the gay people and I'm not going to go out of my way to try to stop them. That's kind of the, well, that's kind of the, the vibe that I got. I think it is when the Muslims take over, they're going to kill all the gay people. But the actual problem is the Muslim takeover. Mm-hmm. The killing mm-hmm. gay people that I care about is uh, an unfortunate side effect to the really big bad thing, which is this mythical takeover. Yeah. Here's okay. Here's another question that I, I got from this story. How common do you think it was that people, uh, that, that like a, a church abuse scandal happens and rather than breaking people out of fundamentalism, realizing, oh, I've been had, it's, oh, let, I it, obviously this person wasn't pious enough. I need to go somewhere that's even more pious, even more restrictive. I think that's extremely common. Yeah, I, that that is, a, I mean, that's kind of how the NIFB took off mm-hmm. yeah it was more over king james bible differences but that's why people defect to nifb instead of defecting to southern baptist or more broad evangelical churches yeah like even without like a sex scandal or something like there are splits within denominations that happen all the time and like i know the the denomination or the association that i grew up in because denominations a different thing like exists because like they kept deeming where they were to be too liberal or to be moving toward being too liberal so they would just Mm -hmm. and then they would just split again and they would split again and like that's why the association that i grew up in exists and i'm sure it has continued to to do such so i think the people that are going to be hyper like reactionary conservative are gonna if there is something that that makes them leave the particular strain that they're in they're probably going to become more conservative just like sadie said because obviously they just weren't doing enough to be godly right it's unfortunate that mike's mom went into this conspiracy theory rabbit hole what i think if i can get on my soapbox for a minute what i think is equally unfortunate is that now i feel like the mom would not have had to even leave the catholic church and she would have been able to find Catholic groups that are just as far down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. 
Mm. Hmm. It's, it's frustrating to me. And I know we have to do an episode and I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm ready to do this episode because it, it makes me upset that the Catholic Church has allowed itself to be reduced to hating gay people and abortion. Mm-hmm. Because that those are not even foundational tenets of the Catholic faith. Both of those things together are a small percentage of Catholic beliefs. And people don't understand how I can disagree with the church on those two things and find anything I agree with in the Catholic Church, when in reality, there are many, many things that I agree with and love and appreciate about the Catholic Church. And those two things are such a small part of doctrine that I don't care that I am directly in opposition to the church doctrine on those two things. Also, if you ask your priest, is it okay if I disagree with like the, this doctrine of the church, your priest isn't going to, like in fundamentalism, your your pastor would tell you, well, you need to pray more and read your Bible more and you will, you know, you'll see that we, we really have it right. But what would your priest say? No, I straight up, so the priest that I spoke to quite a bit when I was thinking about starting the conversion process, I straight up told him, I cannot agree with the church on these two things. Um, is there any point in me pursuing this? And he said that it's not a problem, that those, those are not foundational doctrinal issues. There's sometimes when you will talk to a, a priest about this, and I've you know I've I've met Catholic priests before, and you ask them about these things, and they'll tell you without telling you that yes. they also like because they, they're <laughs> not allowed to say. That was very much the conversation that I had. Exactly that. Because <laughs> they're, they're not allowed to say I disagree with you about. I, I mean, I disagree with the church's teaching on X Y Z thing. Right. <laughs> they'll th- th- so they'll they'll find other ways to phrase it. They will. They would say something like, well, the church is very broad, and what the church expects of you is that you do believe in Jesus. It just, it makes me mad, and I don't want to, I don't want to say that people outside the Catholic Church have made it where these two issues are our two big issues, because it's not entirely people outside the church, nor is it entirely people inside the church, but I think it's more people inside the church than outside, who have made these two social issues out to be the entire focus and goal of the church. I think that's ridiculous, and it it frustrates me. The, the Catholic Church... Um, doctrine, it's not those two things. It's the sacraments, and it's the saints, and it's church tradition, and it's scripture, and thousands of years of beautiful, rich history. It it just, it frustrates me. It frustrates me that the church has allowed itself to be reduced to these two issues. The Jews kind of get the same sort of treatment, where people who are outside of our group basically try to, like, lump us in with you you know when you hear religious rights say judeo-christian whatever Mm. like you you hear it all the yeah yeah judeo-christian values and it'll be something like the free market (laughs) judeo-christian value Mm -hmm. yeah i just i just wanted to say my piece on that because i think i get so many questions of like how can you support queer people and be a catholic how can you be queer people and and you're converting to catholicism how does that work well how it works is i unabashedly and proudly believe that the church is incorrect about that issue you're not the only one who's ever thought that 
<laughs> no, I am certainly not. I just think the church is incorrect. That's all it is. And I think the church is correct about a lot of other things. And I think that it's a grave error to reduce ourselves or allow ourselves to be reduced to two social issues that are such a small part of church doctrine. You know who else said the church was incorrect was Galileo. And then the church was like, uh, yeah, sorry, we were wrong about that. So basically, mm. I am Galileo. Thank you very much. Happy Pride. <laughs> Queer icon, Galileo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we can end with our with our last pride story here. I think it's I think it's a pretty uplifting story. I guess I I can read it if you want. So who's this from? Oh, this oh. is from Sarah. So th- this is a story from Sarah. Um, and it says I wanted to share my pride story. Thank you. Well, we want to share your pride story, Sarah. I was raised between IFB and Nazarene churches. Interesting. I don't know what Nazarene is. Sadie, uh, you'll have to explain that to me. So uh, the theological whiplash is for another time. So I guess they're different. Um, Sarah says... Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be theological whiplash. (laughs) Oy vey. Yeah, so Sarah says, My father was vehemently homophobic throughout my formative years. He was also physically and emotionally abusive to my mother. Oh, no. My middle brother and myself. Eventually, my parents split. And about a year after they did, my dad came out of the closet. He expected us to just accept him. And when I didn't, he became irate. Wow. I was not prepared for my church's reaction. I was so hurt and embarrassed without what they were about to do. I had spent my whole life going to church Every time the doors were open, so I was really surprised and hurt when my church started acting like I was no longer saved. I had my mm. Sunday school. Mm, yeah, that's rough. I had my Sunday school teacher pull me aside and ask if I wanted to pray pray the sinner's prayer since I wasn't really Christian. What the f- my reaction to my father was fairly homophobic. The stronger my homophobia the safer I was at church. Oh, that's a they rough situation. They weaponized families against each other. That is so painful. That's terrible. 1984 wow. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took a long time to deconstruct my homophobia. It's a long story, but a good one. Today, I am truly, I am a fully affirming Christian, licensed clinical social worker. Good for you. And I do my best to support queer folks in any way I can. More than one third of my family is queer. Wow, queer people are everywhere. Who knew? And I am so glad I have deconstructed. I'd be happy to share my story of deconstruction if that would help. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're a very cool person. And that personal growth is everything that we like to see on this show. That's why we do this. That's what we love to talk about. Mm. I, I think that is such a such a well-put example of how cult and cult-like groups pit family members against each other. Yeah. It's almost it's a, almost a competitive, the, you know, the more terrible things she was willing to say about her father coming out, the, safe. the, the safer she would be. So rough. I, oh, and my God. Oh, go ahead, Dinah. I was going to say, I think that it's it's interesting that Sarah mentions early in the story that the father was vehemently homophobic and he was doing some stuff. So not like get, he doesn't get a pass here, but like, it's interesting that he was so like outspokenly homophobic. And then he actually himself was uh, a queer person. 
mm-hmm. you see that a lot, especially in those spaces where it is so unsafe to be a queer person. So like if he is taking the kids to these churches, then he needs to suppress that as hard as he possibly can. And one of the best ways to do that is to be so vocally hateful. And so I like, unfortunately, I've seen that a lot in people throughout my lifetime. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's more going on here. Like it's a the lady doth protest too much kind of situation. And I think this is where we we get into so much of the cult experience that's so hard to put into words because on one side, so one thing is we can't paint this dad as a hero or a villain. No, we can't. We, we it's not fair to completely go either way or another on, or one way or another on that. He was doing awful things <clears throat> and that was his choice. And some of those choices he probably made because he was miserable because of church abuse and church homophobia. Mm-hmm. But he still chose to do it. And you you really have to learn to see people as more than villain or victim. Right. And it, it makes you draw some very interesting ethical lines, I think, for yourself. The other thing that I really related to in this story is looking back and realizing that you did things you're not proud of. Mm-hmm. Sarah felt like she had to have a big homophobic reaction at church, and that was what would keep her safe. And I think everybody who has deconstructed has things that we've done and things that we've said that we're not proud of. That's such a rough position to be in, man, just having to... It is, because you have to live with that forever. You can can make amends, you can grow, but you don't ever get to fully undo the things that you did. Well, just like you said about the father being neither a villain nor victim fully, neither are we. And we have to we have to be able to sit with that. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people will go too far in one direction or another. They'll want to completely excuse themselves for the fundamentalist things that they did um, be, and just write it all off. And I've done that in the past and I've tried to grow past that and take more responsibility for things that I did. Right. That's the Caleb Williams path. That's the Caleb Williams path. And and I've also seen people just really get down on themselves and live in the shame and regret of things that they did when they were in that situation. And I don't think that's healthy either. I think if it's if it's something that you did to survive, there are a lot of times you still should feel bad that you did it and you should still try to make amends for what you did. But I don't think you have to live in the guilt of it forever. Like that's the whole avoiding black and white thinking. Like it's just mm-hmm. an application of the same principle. I think there, wow. I think there it is, it is a very difficult balance to strike. And I think that is one of the hard parts of deconstruction because w- when we talk about it would have been easier to just stay in the cult. I think this is the kind of thing that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, Sarah, if you want to start your own podcast and talk about your experiences, <laughs> like I, you seem like you've got a story. That's all, all right, I'm y'all. saying. <laughs> My baby is waking up from her nap, and I think we had better go ahead and wrap up this episode. Sarah, thank you so much for writing to us. That's like that's an incredible story. Yeah, thank that's- you so much to all of our listeners who wrote in and. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Uh, we we like to bring you a little bit of queer joy for the end of Pride Month here. Yay! Anyway, uh, anything we want to say before we go? 
No, I just wanted, wanted to thank Dinah for once again being with us, once again being the light of our lives. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Um, and as long as you guys don't get tired of me, um, I'll, I'll keep bothering you. We could never get tired of you, Dinah. <laughs> you are, you are our BFF. You are the, 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 hey, don't make Morgan mad. We, like we said, Sadie, BFF is a tier. That's BFF true. Is, is, BFF is a tier, BFF. and I, I love those of y'all who are on it very much. We are poly BFFers, okay? So it's, poly it's, BFFers. yeah. Um, Anyway, oh, so next week we have an episode coming out. This is going to be a big one that we've, you know, we we did a lot of research into this one, um, but it's about Christian nationalism. We're dropping it on the 4th of July. That's right. We felt like it was appropriate to do an episode about Christian nationalism on the 4th of July. And I know we had some talk about Netflix uh, and, 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 and Netflix people earlier, uh, including Anna Delvey. But we have a different Netflix show that if you liked this one, then you will want to listen to our episode because we were talking about the FLDS. What was the Netflix show? It was Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. Yes, um, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. We're going to talk about the FLDS and how similarities between FLDS and IFB. And so that one's coming out on the 11th of July. We've already recorded it. It's great. Um, we're, we're really excited to put that one out. Um, and we're, we're so excited for everything that we've got going forward. Uh, so uh, you can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Leaving Eden Podcast, on Twitter at Leaving Eden Pod. If you want to uh, join our Facebook group, it is facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus. If you want to join our subreddit, it is reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. You can join our Patreon for an extended version of today's episode with extra Dinah Housefire content, extra <laughs> drag brunch content. It's super fun. Um, Dinah, would you like to plug your social medias? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Dinah Housefire, um, which is D I N A H H O U S E F I R E. Uh, also on TikTok at Dinah Housefire One uh, and on Twitter at Dinah Housefire. Sadie, do you want to plug your socials? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hell yeah Sadie, on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music, and on TikTok at Sadie Carpenter One. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Pride. You guys have a good day. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.